<laughs> we work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Good afternoon and welcome to Playgrounding. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Fortier, coming to you from the treehouse here at Theory Labs at the Brewery Artist Complex here in Los Angeles. And quick plug, speaking of the brewery, our next Open Studios Art Walk is happening very soon, April 29th and 30th. Details at breweryartwalk.com. Anyway, back to very important play business. Um, Not that we don't play quite a lot around here at the brewery. Um, But today, you're going to meet my new friend, Pat Rombaugh, aka The Play Lady. I met Pat a few weeks ago at the U.S. Play Coalition's conference on the value of play. Oh my gosh, is my head still spinning from all of the things I've learned in this past month. Um, I'll definitely get more into some of that in a minute, but first I just want to tell you what Pat is going to be talking to us about. She's going to be discussing the significance of free play. Now, free play, it's a very important concept. It's a type of play that a lot of kids in this generation know they don't have the chance to experience it and that is really not good and you know for those of us that were lucky enough to have experienced free play as children we probably take it for granted we had no idea that that's what we were doing um it's where we learned resilience it's where we learned to make our own decisions and explore our creativity without all those pre-specified outcomes or boundaries that are imposed on us when we're doing activities that are led by authority figures. Um, Pat's going to talk to us about free play and how she's been working to help provide free play opportunities for kids, even in this age of heightened caution around child safety. And she even uncovered how, for me, my free play as a child directly reflects and relates to what I'm doing right now, which is pretty hilarious. Anyway, but before we get to Pat, I would like to catch you up on what I've been doing this past month. It's been really crazy. Actually, it was the first part of the past month, and then the second half I got sick. But that's what happens when you do like a lot of stuff all at once and just pour it all out there and leave it all on the court or the whatever they say in sports. Anyway, yeah, I got home and just crashed. So, um, and also we're getting ready to move, which is always fun. So, um, but I've got my, I've got my breath back in me. I'm, I'm back up. I'm really excited. Um, and now I'm getting to reflect on all of the amazing things that I got to learn. Um, first I went to Oakland for the Burning Man Global Leadership Conference. And if you're a regular listener, you know that Burning Man is where I rediscovered play as an adult. So is has a huge significance for me and especially this year's theme which everybody always fights about all the time which is so silly um the burning man journal has been publishing a lot of work lately on this theme it's called radical ritual and there's a lot of interesting interplay between the ideas of ritual art and play and it it's just pretty much directly right up my alley there was so much at this conference that i couldn't even begin to explain um, the things I learned, but it was an amazing experience for me. And if you're interested in radical ritual, the interplay of ritual art and play, you can find more at journal.burningman.org. Anyway, but then I took a red eye over to Clemson, South Carolina, as soon as that conference was done. And I went to the US Play Coalition's Conference on the Value of Play, as I mentioned. And 
really, I, I mean, I, don't, I know Burning Man. I know the community, but really, I wasn't sure what I was walking into. I was so nervous. I was at this university. Stuart Brown was there. He's one of my heroes. I just wasn't sure what to expect. Um, I'm really glad I called Stuart Brown the godfather of play <laughs> instead of the father of play because I got to meet the father of play advocacy, Joe L. Frost. He was at this conference, the first recipient of the U.S. Play Coalition's new Joe L. Frost Award for Distinguished Research that will be given in his name every year going forward. I got to meet these two gentlemen. I got to meet so many amazing people. I met health professionals, people who focus on preserving play in nature, people who, like me, are determined to find a way to help adults rediscover play. I met some incredibly powerful women who promote parkour for, yes, even people like me who can barely run. I met people who design playgrounds, who design playful spaces for kids and adults. Um, they are people who work in cities to make them more playable instead of just walkable or bikeable. I mean, I'm telling you about all these people because you're going to meet them very soon on this podcast. I have a roster you will not believe of guests coming to you in the next year. When I, when I said I'm doubling down on play, I meant it, but I had no idea what I would win by making that bet. I mean, I found a whole new community of people. I made all these new friends and their work inspires me so much. And I'm even more passionate now about my role as a communicator, as someone who can help get these messages out. So so now, let me begin getting these messages out by introducing you to my first new friend I met through the U.S. Play Coalition, Pat Rumba. She's the co-founder of Let's Play America and is an affectionately known by many as the Play Lady. She founded the organization Tacoma Plays in Tacoma Park, Maryland in March of 2009. Tacoma Plays is now part of Let's Play America. Pat was a physical education teacher and coach at the Washington International School for more than 25 years. In 2009, she was named All Met Girls Tennis Coach of the Year by the Washington Post. And now, here she is. I'm so excited to be talking to you. <laughs> oh, same here. Same here. Pat the Play Lady. I actually, um, I just met you this past week at the U.S. Play Coalition's Play Conference, and you were up there speaking and really just kind of giving kind of the benediction to just send everybody out to go play. And it was really cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> So how did you become a part of this illustrious community? I mean, I, there was play royalty there. It was Stuart Brown, it was Frost and all these amazing people. Um, how far back do you go with these folks? My goodness. Uh, well, I, I would say I contacted Stuart Brown, I believe it was 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, I had been researching play for a couple of years and had really started to see the decline, particularly in children having fun, free, unorganized play, just mm -hmm. going outside to play. Yeah. And um, the Strong Museum, are you familiar with that, Kara? Yes, yes. also known as the Play Museum in Rochester, New York. Uh -huh. I, I literally called them, told them that Stuart Brown's 
quotes on their quote page were speaking to me and I was researching play and they gave me his number. Wow. So, so I call I called him and I believe he still has the same um, message on his machine machine. You leave it, I'll retrieve it. And, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's I did. That's funny, wow. I love it. <laughs> and two days later, I believe I was it was a Thursday, I think, I was at a soccer game and he called and he said, You wanted to speak to me about play? This is Stuart Brown. And <laughs> Believe it or not, he was coming two days later to Washington, Aww. and and um, he agreed to meet me, and we uh, met at the lounge of his hotel, and the 20-minute talk was two and a half, three hours. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it was, and from there, uh, uh, people like Joan Allman, who mm -hmm. you may have met, uh, one of the founders for the Alliance for Childhood, we discovered we live 15 minutes from one another. No way. <laughs> yes, yes. She's in College Park, Maryland, where the University of Maryland is. Okay. And, I, and I'm in Tacoma Park, Maryland. And um, Joe Frost, Dr. Joe Frost, had attended an earlier uh, play conference that mm -hmm. I had met him. But this was really special to um, see him honored. And I'm... Reading now, it's Lolly's book on. Um, I, I've just looked at the photos some, so I can't wait to. Uh, I just love reading about plays. Yeah, so, uh, that that's about how long I would say. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine is when I really started getting to know the the play people. That's great, and you because you've been uh, playing your whole life. You're you've been a coach, and and I, I heard in a little TEDx talk that you know you might have some famous sports uh people from your family or <laughs> it, it it is true uh, uh my father who is living um has alzheimer's oh. but uh for many years he was a pe teacher and football coach himself and um uh he did have a famous player uh joe montana yeah. i went to high school with him uh for those that don't know became a uh MVP uh, Super Bowl quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> oh, but yeah. anyhow, but more importantly yes. was that my father never cut in football. If you came out and you did what you were supposed to do and, mm -hmm. and um, you worked hard, not only did you make the team, but you'd even have a chance of playing. And that really resonated a lot with me mm -hmm. once I became a teacher and coach. That's awesome. Wow. Well, and, and some of the things that you talk about, like we just this past episode, um, we talked a lot about um, rat studies and how, you know, rats that were not allowed to play freely in this open space with other rats and, and little playground kind of equipment and things. Um, we're not able to kick a morphine addiction. It's kind of a long story. It's a rat part study, but it really kind of came out in the end with this big open-ended question for me, which is, when people don't play, when children don't play, what happens? And I really want to kind of explore that a little bit. I know you talked a little on your TEDx talk, but I kind of like to sort of open up this conversation to get to what you're doing now um, to open up this problem a little bit more and kind of help us understand. Because, you know, play sounds like, oh, play is fun. It's frivolous. I've had people ask me, you have a podcast on like theater? 
on script. I'm like, yes, this is LA. So that is the first thing I think. I'm like, no, actually, it's about play, like playing, like when we were children. And I actually had someone look at me like I had a couple of different heads sticking out of my shoulders and just right. said, well, I have a family. <laughs> I have to like support my family. I have a job, but, but why would I play? And that's a question I want to help answer for this person. I, yeah, what do I, what, what do we say? That, 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 Kara, is a great question. Mm -hmm. For First off, um, if it's an adult you're speaking to, mm -hmm. try to ask them what did they like to play as a child. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they put them back to their childhood. And most will tell you something. There's a few that you have to dig pretty deep. <laughs> but all of a sudden they tell you how they like to uh, make mud pies mm -hmm. or they like to go bike riding or hula hooping or they they uh, played with dolls or it doesn't matter what they played, but they played something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, particularly age, I'd say late 20s and older, mm -hmm. did ha did have the opportunity to go outside and play. Yes. Um, and and so if you get them at that point. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden they say, well, yes. And yeah, you know, it has changed. Kids don't go out and say, that's what we're trying to mm -hmm. bring back. Uh, mm -hmm. We understand we can't make it just like it was, yeah. but we but we can create uh, safe play environments that children hopefully can have that opportunity every single day. Yeah. And and you're and you're not saying just play as in leisure. Like this is no. free play. And that's actually like a concept that's a specific thing. Can you kind of yes. go into free play a little bit? Okay. Well first let me define adult led play, mm -hmm. which is something you almost always sign your child up for, whether mm -hmm. they're learning to play soccer or ballet or whatever they're playing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine, but that is not the same. Free play, free unstructured play is when children have the choice to play what they want to choose and who they want to play with. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if you bring your child to a playground, uh, do they want to walk over and play with, with other kids? them or do they want to gather sticks and rocks and make something loose parts which we heard about so much yes. at, at the play conference yes. really brings out creativity and um and imagination mm -hmm. uh that's why one of my favorite activities that we strive to hold at our play days or even when we close streets to play is mm -hmm. having just boxes uh, just on Sunday, I was part of a Washington Adventist University family fun day, mm -hmm. and I asked them to gather that the organizer uh, is a student at the university. And I said, is it possible you can gather maybe 50 boxes? And I believe she did. And some of us and volunteers put them together before the event. And you know what was so wonderful? <laughs> we had never played the just boxes on grass. We'd always had them on pavement. Uh -huh. We're here. It was on grass. And next thing you know, these adults 
are pulling <laughs> children in the boxes like a slide, oh going God. down a slide <laughs> on boxes on the grass. So there's always something. And of course, there were kids wearing boxes oh and and, and dancing to the music. Oh like God. you don't have to tell them; it's just going to happen. Yeah. They're going to they're going to create something. I've had people tell me. You know, I could not get Johnny or Susie away from those boxes the entire play day. And I just laugh like you. But you know why? Because that is what is free, unstructured play of self-choosing. Children get to choose what they want to play. So you just and get a bunch of cardboard boxes, put them on the grass. Yes. And send the children out to, to the boxes and see what happens. Like this yes. just sounds like... Well, that's just too simple, you know. <laughs> Shouldn't there be a game or? <laughs> right, right. Where's the rules? Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh. Uh. I'll tell you, it is just—it's so marvelous, so fun. We've done it indoors, outdoors. Um. I I want to start adding even more loose parts, like paper towel rolls mm, and toilet paper yeah. rolls, and maybe some rope. We have sometimes we add sheets, and they make forts. It it just Ugh. depends what you have. If you have extra material lying around mm -hmm. um, or, or markers, sometimes we have a box of markers mm -hmm. and then kids draw on the boxes. Oh my goodness. And you know, I, I am old enough now. I can remember when my mother would just say, be home in time for dinner. You know, I would run out onto the end of the neighborhood on my bicycle and my friends would we'd pretend we were the chips cops, you know, back before there was a movie about chips. And I was always Aww. John and she was always Ponch and we or just random stuff. We would just run around right. and make things. And I it's hard for me to even comprehend that children don't get that. Like I hear that, but then yes. I think that was play for me when I was growing up. Like That's right. that doesn't exist anymore from what I'm hearing um people They're say. Yeah. Very little, very yeah. little, um, which, is, which is such a shame because, mm -hmm. um, one, um, children don't think that they're exercising then. Mm -hmm. But if you bike to your friend's house or she bikes to yours or you go yeah. biking together and you're, you're thinking about what you want to do and mm -hmm. not about, oh, we have to bike to mm -hmm. X. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it's just you're, you're getting in that automatic, physical, needed daily mm -hmm. exercise, yeah. uh, daily activity. And you would... Yeah, and you had mentioned in your TED Talk there are some stats that were really interesting about how um, we are the number one consumer of ADHD medication for children. The United States is um, yes. even with for adults, we're like the big biggest, a huge consumer of um, anxiety and depression drugs. Yes. Um, so, like, I mean, what are ways we? I don't want to say it's causation or correlation or what. What exactly do you think lack of play is contributing to this problem? Oh, there's so many from, for example, uh, kids are driven a lot to school from preschool mm -hmm. to regular school or either on a bus or in a car mm -hmm. and they don't get to have physical activity before. Now, some of them, some of them fortunately do get to walk mm -hmm. and it's great if they can walk with their friends because that can be a partial play time. They look forward to it and who knows what they may play <laughs> on the way. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of inactivity there that used to be activity. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing after school. Yeah. And um, some kids, they have to come home and they're, they're 
parent or parents only allow them to be in the house or in the yeah. apartment. They're not allowed to go outside. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're missing a lot there. Yeah. Um, and um, those that maybe signed up for activities, they're not always physical activities. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they're adult led, maybe taking a music lesson, which is wonderful, or an art lesson, which is also fantastic. Yes. But are they getting that physical exercise active? I, I want to stick with activity because yeah. it feel, feels better. Yeah. <laughs> sounds better. Um, so. Well, and it's physical activity, and you also spoke a little bit about um, – learning resilience and um and making their own decisions like that oh. really stuck with me that when you're out there in that free play thing this child can look at that box and suddenly decide i would like to wear that now if they were in a structured activity kind of thing and somebody said please get that box and turn it into a dress a boat or you know that's a decision right but to yes. just out of the mind of this child decide to create an outfit out of a cardboard box that's that really shows that this child has something, you know, I, I don't even know the right words for it, but it's, it really pulls something out of you and it kind of gets that creativity and that innovation kind of juices flowing as a child. Yes. I don't know. It's seems like something there, there's, there's several factors of just going outside to play. Mm -hmm. And so say you do have that opportunity in your neighborhood. First off, you're not playing, if you're eight, you're not playing with another eight-year-old necessarily. You're sure. playing with a 10 or a six-year-old, which it's, it's really good to sometimes be the older one or sometimes mm -hmm. be the younger one because we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. and, and then next, if someone says, let's all play this, and you don't want to, yep. well, you you have to make a decision. And it's good because you say, well, I'll join in or I won't. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if you are taking an adult, like you said, activity, um, the, the instructor is going to say, we're all doing this now. Mm -hmm. There's no decision. There's no um, uh, negotiating. Yeah. Uh, and and, it, and I, I know myself. Uh, from growing up and going outside and particularly playing a lot more with boys, even mm -hmm. though there were girls sometimes too, I stood up and said, everybody gets to play. You know, <laughs> there was something in me then. Yes. And I, and it was really resonates now. I mean, yeah. I, that's why when people say to me, Pat, you know, you'd make some money if you charged for these play events. <laughs> and I said, yes, but guess what? Mm -hmm. There would be people that could not afford to go. Absolutely. And I just won't have it. I'm sticking to that. Awesome. That's so amazing that you do that. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, my, my mind just races just thinking about all the possibilities and all the ways that play contributes um, to who we are and has, has contributed to who we are. I, I mean, if you look even just having an adult over overlord, I guess you could say over a play session, if, if it's guided, the relationship between the children and the adult become a huge dynamic also, I would yes. assume. And so it actually forces kids into kind of going, well, if I don't play along, I don't get to play. If these are the kids in the neighborhood that I can play with, they have to figure out how to get along with each other and create activities together without the thought of a, an adult approving or not approving or, you know, it's they're actually getting to make these decisions by themselves. And yes, I never thought about how significant that is. Oh, um, yeah. And think think about the rules. Like just say, yeah. um, say there's a 
nice piece of land in the neighborhood, somebody's yard that's just great for kickball. We're mm-hmm. all into kickball. Oh, yeah. Well, but we know that um, poor little Dougie's only five, that he can't kick so far. Well, we all decide Doug doesn't get out. When he kicks, <laughs> yeah. he, he gets to get to first base. You know, until you turn six, you, it's a free free you make it you know and and um or say you only have five kids okay nobody gets to kick it to left field everybody has to kick it to right field you know and and those are things that I think um build and they build with kids because they learn to say okay let's treat tweak the rules Mm -hmm. I mean I I used to play basketball myself or growing up with anywhere from myself all the way up to sometimes we had more than 10. So would mm-hmm. rotate who, who got to go in and pick up basketball. And I remember being the only girl playing with guys and, <laughs> oh, please let her be on my team. I do not want her guarding me. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, tomboy, I guess I yep. still am some, but, but fairness and fun mm-hmm. were, were really important because that makes you want to play again. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you go and play something and you don't have a good time, you why would you want to What's do it point? again? Yeah, exactly. And this might be off, like too far off base, but I just was curious just to get your opinion. Um, and if it's totally irrelevant, we can edit it out. But I know that we talk a lot more about bullying these days um, because it just seems like, you know, with online bullying, it seems like a brand new animal, something that we didn't have when I was a child. Um, But do you think that bullying is more of a problem now during this era of lack of free play? I I don't know. Have you thought about that at all? Um, I I think every environment is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you're in a school setting that the uh, staff really care about that we're going to nip it in the butt, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, it could be less in that setting. Um, but it's possible that it's more in some settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that when kids are alone, it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other hand, I think for so many years, kids went out and played and they worked it out. Yeah, that's and, what I was thinking. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, the bully didn't last long mm-hmm. if no one wanted to play with him. Yeah. So uh, that, that that was a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I... I know that it still goes on, but if uh, I, as an adult, am aware of it at all, I think it's our job to step in. That's when we step in. We don't step in when they're making the rules and even if they make no sense because they're working out, you know, Um, unless children um, ask you. Can we? Can you help me with the monkey bars? Yeah. (laughs) You know, can you help us fix this bike? Otherwise, let let them work it out that mm-hmm. that's how they learn that's how they grow and and i think that's how they build uh self-confidence mm-hmm. i know yeah. i know i know um uh it it really helped my self-confidence to be able to uh, my mother would say bobby's mother called will you go over and teach him how to ride his bike instead of babysitting that's what i did i showed kids how to ride bikes oh that's a great um, one <laughs> Well, well, it was fun, yes. and 
you know, uh, there's a story in the family. I got on a bike at four and just wow. started riding. <laughs> on the other hand, yours truly could never do a nice cartwheel or split. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, you, I used to tell my students that all the time. <laughs> no one is good at everything. No, exactly. You know, I, I mean, uh, I, what do you like to play, Karen? Mm-hmm. What, what, yeah. what, what did you feel you were good at as a child? Me. I was I well, I was a musician. I pl- I played uh, music from the time I was really small. But I really? but wow. But when I was for outside play, I just like to be imaginative. I would like, yeah. I made if I had a box, I would make it into a, a hot air balloon thingy and pretend there was a balloon, or I'd tape feathers to it and pretend we were gonna oh. fly. Or like I just like to. Oh, and I like to make boxes and I would climb inside of them and have people send me p- little questions. And then I would write the answers. I was like a computer. Um, See, so that's yes, why I, you're doing what you're doing now. Oh, oh my I, gosh. Which makes perfect sense. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's like a comment section on a blog. You're right. No, it's just I so funny. Couldn't help, I couldn't help myself. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, oh. see, you do this now. Like you provide these opportunities. So let's let's talk a little bit now about. So you started organizing. You became the play lady, and um, so how did this come about? What? How oh, did you make I, I, I love answering that question <laughs> because it 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 gives one an idea. So back in March, twenty fifteen, two thousand nine, uh-huh. I held a our first play meeting and there were seven of us and our, our current mayor went and we had people from uh, a parent or two with young children all the way up to some super seniors. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's go around the room, say why we care about play and what possibly we want to bring to our community. So mm-hmm. everyone went. And when it came to me, I said something all fantastic ideas, but I want to share something. Recently, I'd heard about Kaboom and mm. that if you applied to be named a playful city, you had to map your playground, send in an application and plan and hold a play day. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody unanimously said that makes sense. That's what we should do. So we picked Saturday, September 26, 2009. Mm-hmm. We um, were so fortunate the recreation department current head at the time said Deborah said Pat we're going to waive the fee for this playground and the, and it had an indoor facility which uh, I don't want to go into too much but it it saves uh, it's really important to have a backup indoor or covered area Got covered. It, yeah. California you may not need indoor but covered <laughs> and and restroom and water nearby yeah. you know just you need you need these things yes. <laughs> so we had all that our goal was 200. Oh my goodness. We had over 200 people. Everyone had a great time. Awesome. And, and the Deborah took my photo of me showing a little guy how to play mini tennis and his, uh, and this photo ended up on the front page of our monthly Tacoma park newsletter Aww. with a write up. We had about 20 activities. And so when that came out, I got a phone call. I still had a house phone then. And a man called and said, mm-hmm. Are you Pat Rumbon? I said, yes, this is me. And he said, you're the play lady. I well, <laughs> laughed and said, what? And he said, yes, the wife said, call the play lady and donate, donate all that play equipment that's in their garage. <laughs> they were planning on moving. So he came over with a truckload of stuff. A lot of it was new. Mm. And I asked him for his last name and address. 
he wouldn't give it to me. And I said, you know, I was raised to write thank you notes when someone <laughs> does something like this. Yeah. And he pointed to me and said, you know what I want you to do, play lady? Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so as long as I want to be called the play lady, I've got to do these things. Yes, and absolutely. the story got out and that's who I am. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's, it's a proud name. I need to patent it. People tell me mm -hmm. I have not done that yet. Absolutely. So does that answer your Yo, question? Oh, yes, absolutely. And you not only like started these play um, activities in your city, mapped your whole city, became a playful city, but you also created this book. Um, I guess this came from your son, he said? Yes, that's <laughs> correct. That, that, um, uh, Alex uh, was five and mm -hmm. Sarah three. We um, used to go regularly to story time at our wonderful local library, which they still have. Now they have it, I believe, in Spanish and French. It's just amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, but you know, it was so perceptive of Alex cause mm -hmm. we had been taking out books for a couple of years yeah. and he, he said, mom, why aren't there books of real children playing? Mm -hmm. So my dream is to find a publisher because mine, um, closed for a good reason for them. Mm -hmm. The small publisher, she writes books and got asked to write more books and mm -hmm. just said she couldn't do both. And I, I'm, I'm happy for Bobby Cardushi. But uh, so I'm looking for an agent or publisher. Yes. I hope someone out there embraces what we do because uh, I have 20 ideas. Yeah. Let's play outside. <laughs> Let's play with our families. Let's play with our friends. Yes. Um, I could go on and on. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate to speak uh, a lot of places, National Head Start all over the country, even in Puerto Rico. And people come up to me after and say, this book should be everywhere. There should be books like this. This yes. is how ch children learn. Mm -hmm. You know, they want, they observe other children. Yes. See, they, they have so much growth potential in their little um, brains mm -hmm. and um, they may not have life experience, but they are open to new ideas. Yeah. And so as soon as they see a child going down a slide, they want to tell you, oh, you should see me. I'm the best slider. You know, and I, oh, oh, I've had. I, I, we don't finish the book half the time when yeah. I go to story time or a preschool Aww. or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I mean, uh, I've had not just boys. Girls also get up and tell me how well they can run and climb and slide. Mm. And uh, so I, um, I really hope. I get that opportunity yeah. back, back to the newsletter one. Yeah, minute. yeah, totally. So um, not quite nine years later, but I don't know if you can see it. Yes. Our, our midwinter play day was February 12th, uh -huh. uh, 2017. And this is my uh, one intern, Allison, who's fabulous and several of the teens volunteering. Hmm. And um, so so great that, uh, our city really embraces what we do. Yeah. Uh, we have a city TV and they always interview us and uh, not just me, but a lot of people that uh, come to the play events and yeah. um, uh, we're really fortunate. Many people get the importance of play here. Maybe, yeah. maybe because they've been educated for a few years. Well, yeah. You're a playful <laughs> city. They must've heard the news. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. And like, I remember from the uh, 
the gentleman from Kaboom at the play conference got up to speak. And I'm so, I mean, if there was a time, and I started this podcast not really understanding that there was a play community, let alone what I know now from all of you. I had, I had seen Stuart Brown's TED Talk. I had read his book. I had had my own personal experience with play. I had kind of pinpointed that that was like a, a thing that actually kind of changed my life and started yes. to realize this. And as I go through, I'm like, well, I haven't really explored play for children because it always seems like, well, duh, children play. Adults don't. So I need to fo focus on this. And then I started learning more and more that children don't, aren't getting this kind of play, this very transformative, the kind of play I took for granted as a child. And yes. I had kind of a similar response when I saw your book. I'm like, pictures of children playing. That's a really cool thing. But like, don't children just see each other play? There I go again, assuming that children are just out there playing somehow. And, and then I hear the story of these little children that were locked in a car. And, and he talked a lot about inner city kids um, that don't get to play there. They literally just run from one safety zone to the other, lock the door right. and lock themselves in. Um, and that this is like one of the big problems that they're, that he wants to see solved and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm really, you're right. Children who don't get that kind of play actually need to see pictures of children doing this, but then maybe some children don't even have access to it. It's, it's a, it's a big issue, I guess, that, um, I didn't even realize existed. Yes. It's, um, it, it really is a sad state in mm -hmm. our great country of America mm -hmm. that um, that several children do not get play. Mm -hmm. uh, in the research, uh, many of the low-income schools don't have recess, and they need it the most. Yes, what? yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, it's mind-boggling. There was a woman, Olga Jarrett. Maybe you saw her with the gray long ponytail. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely, yes. lovely lady. Maybe she could be a future podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. She and many of these other plans. Yeah. Uh, she did a uh, white paper on recess and really mm. is an expert on it and has a lot of um, uh, facts, nice. uh, factual information. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, there should be four school time play. There should be recess. There mm -hmm. should be lunch. And if possible, after school play time. Now, I understand mm -hmm. that it's not always practical because mm -hmm. you're bus to school and then bus home uh but uh, a parent has to ask themselves and make make it a priority mm -hmm. a a woman a lovely woman i met um on sunday uh lede uh she's the assistant executive assistant to the president at the washington adventist university and lede said to me pat we need to make it intentional that children have access to play. And I said, oh, I had to write that down. It, yeah. was, it was so um, uh, empowering. Yeah. Because when we make it intentional, higher chance it's going to happen. Yeah. And then when we're, and then it also comes down to kind of the priorities of the educational system as well, as far as like children having so much homework, they can barely breathe, you know, and packing in more hours to make sure that they can pass tests and that kind of thing. Um, you know, not that learning is the point of school. You know, I've heard people say, yes. well, that's the whole point. Well, recess isn't 
as important. It's like the time off, but our minds, our brains aren't built like computers. Even computers oh. need to get shut down once in a while. Yes, 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 they do daily. Um, yeah. uh, uh, well, if you've not seen Michael Moore's movie, I believe it came out in 2016, mm -hmm. but his recent movie went to about 10 different countries and he, he borrowed one of their wonderful ideas. Mm -hmm. And Finland, for example, I believe it was Finland, mm -hmm. um, uh, they do not start school till seven. They don't give homework till sixth grade or middle school. And then they hardly give homework because they think play and social time is so important. Yeah. And uh, hallelujah. And and really, that's what we need to do. Totally. And, and and every preschool teacher, kindergarten will tell you that children learn through play. Yes. And and so uh, I, I I hope that we continue to evolve to make it a yeah. very high priority. And it's funny, there's been um, someone who's been on the podcast, uh, Ilana Ben-Ari, she, she makes toys that help kids learn quote unquote soft skills. Um, yeah. And there's one called the Empathy Toy and it's used by in schools, but it's also used in MBA programs and in offices. And, and it's it's just a really amazing thing for kids and adults alike, almost more so for adults. Uh, well, yeah, just to see the adult transformations through this toy. But I'm just laughing at the things I've learned today. It seems like in my generation, I'm a Gen Xer, you know, I'm 42. Um, in my generation, soft skills it wasn't an issue because, well, I mean, I would say it wasn't an issue. I'm overgeneralizing. I'm, I'm not educated in all of this. I'm just making an observation. Um, but we learned soft skills through random play without adult supervision. Well, without adult overlording over us. We had yes. to figure each other out. We had right. to learn how to get along. We had, you know, like we right. were talking about earlier. And so the future of the future of these kids that are alive out there in the world today that are out there running around and trying to learn everything and pass all the tests they have to now see soft skills as a separate set of skills that they need to learn, like yes. learning math and stuff like that. But it seems like what I'm learning is that we're coming back full circle. If we could just allow kids to interact freely and have this unstructured playtime, that some of those soft skills might just start being learned by osmosis. This is the kind of, I don't know, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fascinating thing. Um, on the back of my book, mm -hmm. I, I suggest that everyone that um, endorsed the book wrote a blurb that you try to contact. Um, Daniel Pink is on there. Have you ever heard Absolutely, of him? Absolutely. Yes, uh, I love Daniel Pink. He has a chapter in his book um, um, about play. Uh -huh. And I, I was fortunate to meet him because his children... Oh go to school where I taught. Oh my goodness. Um, and I, I'm hoping to um, uh, pick his brain one oh, of these days yes. again too. But Yes. Uh, and actually there's one last thing I wanted to ask you. You talked about how play has helped you. And your you said that when your mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, um, that play was something that was there for you like would you mind just if we close just on a on a personal note of what some a play can contribute to the life of an adult that's going through something very serious oh oh my i i, I gotta tell you it saved me and it mm. saved probably our 
our father was really, really grieving because he could see the decline and knew the inevitable. We all did. Mm -hmm. And so I would grab my dad and say, let's get our rackets and go to the tennis court and play. Um, uh, We went for playful walks in the neighborhood daily, taking the dogs out. There are things one one can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sisters and I were with our parents and um we would play cards because our our um, maternal grandmother taught us how to play some italian card games so Mm -hmm. i i say to anyone out there who is going through a hard time give yourself some play oh wow what a gift and thank you so much for all the work that you've been doing thank you for writing this book i am really really grateful that i got to meet you at the play conference and that you got to be here on playgrounding Oh, well, it's mutual. I I look forward to hearing the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Playgrounding. Visit playgrounding.com slash 30 to watch Pat's TEDx talk and find a link to Let's Play America. If you haven't subscribed to Playgrounding yet, you're going to want to fix that. We've got a lot of ground to cover and a lot of playful experts to hear from. I might even try parkour. God help me. See you next time.